Modern Pleasure Podcast is sponsored by Adam and Eve. Lean in to your sexual curiosities. Are you ready? Because it's about to get real. Modern Pleasure answers the questions about sex that you've always wanted to ask, but didn't. You kind of check out in a way, you know, you don't have that feeling, that emotional connection over the weekend, I really did feel differently about that connection with my husband, where I wasn't feeling pressured, but I was also very playful. Usually the weekends are our time, you know, to have sex. We didn't have sex once this weekend, but I feel pretty satisfied in my connection with my husband Mm -hmm. as opposed to when we've had sex. Welcome to another edition of Modern Pleasure. I'm Kim Kay, along with Dr. Jenny Schuyler. And by the way, none of this would be happening if it wasn't for our sponsor, Adam and Eve. We thank them for being such a big supporter of this show. And boy, do they bring the fun into pleasure and at a bargain. Right now, just for listening, visit adamandeve.com and you get 50% off on any one item, plus free shipping when you use the promo code MODERN. That's 50% off any one item, an adventurous new toy or almost anything that will bring you pleasure, whether you're on your own or with your partner. But that's not all. You'll also get three bonus sexy items and six free movies for free just for being here today. But you have to check it out now to get that 50% off and all the fun free stuff as well. So adamandeve.com, code word modern, M-O-D-E-R-N, save some cash and bring a little more pleasure into your life with Adam and Eve. And don't forget the free shipping. That's very important. It all starts with free shipping, right? adamandeve.com, code word modern at checkout and you're good to go. Hi, Dr. Skyler. Hi, Kim. Good How to are... be with you again. I know. I I, I kind of was hoping that maybe um, we could do a little, little recap uh, since uh, a lot of things have happened since our last conversation. And um, so if you, if you listen to the last episode, and if you haven't, you should. Actually, you should listen to all three episodes that we've already done because they're all very enlightening. But the last episode um, actually was a very interesting moment for me. And and what's funny, and, and I had to think about this after we had had our conversation, the topic really, you know, I was kind of thinking before we started talking about it, man, how, how much information are we going to actually be able to get into an hour on this topic of Madonna Horror Complex, which was a fascinating subject, right? But what happened ended up actually being the topic of conversation at a dinner party over the weekend. So it, it, uh, my poor husband, oh my gosh, my poor husband. But um, it, it was a very interesting conversation where Dr. Schuyler actually had me Uh, do this exercise that she uses on a lot of her patients. And I'm not going to even go into that. You have to listen to the episode to get the full effect. But ultimately, what happened after we did this exercise and after after our podcast ended that day, I had this eye opening moment. And it I, I was 
I was ready to go into the house and like lay my husband down on the floor. I was ready. That never happens. And and I actually did go into the house because I'm like, hey, honey, you know, I think I would be really surprised, you know, if I were him, if I came into the door and did that right. But he was talking to a solar person who was in there trying to sell us solar. So it didn't happen, unfortunately for him. But what did happen was a really interesting conversation. And I kind of had to, you know, tell George what had what had taken place in the conversation between you and I, which was not an easy thing to do. And it wasn't necessarily at first he's like, oh, wow. And then he went, wait a minute, it's on the podcast. And I'm like, yeah. And again, <laughs> you're going to have to listen to really understand exactly what what we're talking about. But I promise you, it's definitely worth it. Anyway, so George is going to be on the show with us today. Excellent. And good for George. And today we the topic is mismatched libidos, which is definitely something I've been, you know, waiting to to talk about because it's a very apparently it's not just a female topic in terms of somebody being interested in it, because also in this uh, dinner party that we attended when we talked about the podcast episodes and stuff and when I said, hey, we're going to the next one is going to be mismatched libidos. The guys were more interested in this conversation than the women were. Oh, yeah, because they want more sex. (laughs) See, and I'm looking at it in a completely different way. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it. It's 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 funny. I mean, I'll, I also want to debunk the myth that men have the higher sex drive because while biologically and physiologically that's generally the case, um, there are some men. Um, certainly, if it's two men, you know, one man may have a higher sex drive than his male partner, and sometimes even in a heterosexual dynamic, especially with like Madonna Whore, for instance, um, a man may have a lower seeming sex drive than his female partner. Um, that said, the general premise is in a heterosexual dynamic, men typically have the higher sex drive. And they're very excited about this topic because they, they, they'll they hear me speak or come to me as a therapist and go, you'll fix my wife, right? You'll fix mm. her? You'll get her libido back up? And then I have to debunk that one and say, <laughs> that, I'm not a magic worker and nothing's wrong with her. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the issue is in the mismatch and how we find the compromise. But you know, the people who fall off of therapy are the ones that are like, fix my wife, fix my wife. She's broken. Her libido's too low. And I have to say, sorry, that's, that's not what we do here. And the more you perpetuate that narrative, you're on your way to divorce. And it's true. I actually see that that they end up getting divorced because they are locked in that their wife is broken and her libido is too low. And I can see where that would happen. Now, you know, in the case of my relationship and boy, I, I, I'm really feeling like I'm I'm using uh, me as an example, but it's the only one I have at the moment. Um, as I got older and as you get a little bit more settled into a relationship, it, there's a definitely a change, um, especially if you're going through any kind of hormonal changes I mean, I'm sure there could be a number of reasons why 
a female libido starts to lower. But I also have friends who are my age who have a very high libido and who have gone through menopause. And I kind of scratch my head going, well, what's, what's wrong with me then? You know, and that's, I think, where that comes in because you do have different uh, scenarios where you feel like you're not keeping up with the narrative, right? Um, especially when you know somebody who is your age is still really like, you know, because I even brought it up to a friend of mine. I said, hey, you want to talk about mismatched libidos? She goes, oh, I don't have that problem. <laughs> I went, what? What do you mean you don't have that problem? You should have that problem, right, if I have that problem. So, yeah, it, 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 I think it runs the, the spectrum, right? There's a lot of different reasons. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to talk to your female friends who feel like they don't have that problem um, because sometimes there is a mismatch, but it's not a problem in the relationship because the higher desire partner, so maybe their husbands, don't make it a problem, right? They know, oh, you know, my wife only likes to have sex, you know, let's say she is a higher desire person and likes to have sex multiple times a week. But they don't reach out every single day or they don't reach out even, you know, multiple times a week. Maybe they know to reach out once or twice a week because they know that's what her excitement level is and that they know that the space in between is actually the secret to foreplay. I'll say that again. It's when we don't invite. It's the space in between that's the secret to foreplay because it's the space that creates the mystery and the yearning and the space to actually feel your own desire and arousal without being smothered by the higher desire partner's energy. That's interesting that you say that because my friend my friend is that kind of very affectionate, very touchy-feely, very, you know, so that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd be curious what the husband is and isn't doing on his end. And because the mismatch libidos that I see, now obviously I see dire cases because they're coming to me because they can't navigate it themselves. And that's where the mismatch is so dire that they can't navigate it themselves or the mismatch has become enough of a mismatch that it creates a tension and a stress where the low desire person feels smothered and feels, you know, the pull towards obligatory sex. Mm -hmm. And the higher desire partner feels undesirable altogether. And so we have to address those pieces rather than the frequency. The frequency actually doesn't solve anything. Because if the higher desire partner still feels undesirable because she shows up, you know, a few more times a week with more obligatory sex, it doesn't it doesn't fix the the felt sense that I am desired by my partner. Right. The issue is actually feeling desired by the partner. So, you know, the the your female friend, for instance, Kim, she might be flirting with her husband most of the week, but they only have sex once or twice in a week. And it it works for them because they have a lot of sensual energy in their relationship to make them both feel desired by the other. I don't know. I'm making up a whole story having no idea right, about this person. Right, right. But that's generally where the health of a relate of a of a sexual relationship lives. So when we're talking about mismatched libidos, and and again, I think we've figured out that there's a number of different ways that you can actually describe that, right? But what are the most common uh, issues? I mean, what what is the most common problem behind mismatched libidos? 
it, it, it's basically the higher desire person wants more sex typically to feel connection and to feel desired by their partner. And the lower desire partner is looking for connection, not in sex. They're looking for connection emotionally, affectionally, intellectually, right? And the higher desire partner typically is sort of stuck in sex is the only place I know how to do connection. And so the more sex, obviously you need more sex to feel more connection. So the idea there is let's broaden how you are able to connect with your partner emotionally, intellectually, affectionately, socially, spiritually, right? There's a lot of different ways to connect with your partner so that sex isn't burdened with the singular place to find connection. So that's one of the main issues. And then we come back to obligation sex like we did last time in our session. And we have to talk about, you know, when the higher desire partner is putting that pressure on the lower person, they will say yes from a place of obligation. So helping that person find their authentic yes is key, but also having space to say no is key. Because if you don't have a no, your yes is inauthentic. Mm. Gotcha. You can't ever trust it's an actual yes, right? So the no is key. But also broadening what they do. A lot of these couples usually have one activity, intercourse. They don't. They usually don't have a lot of foreplay. They usually don't have a lot of playfulness. They usually don't have a lot of emotional connection and discussion, you know, throughout the week and certainly right before sex to just kind of check in. Where are you? And how's your heart? And how's your week? And, you know, just really like deeply connecting to the person before we connect to just their genitals. So it's really teaching them all those components to help them get more on the same page. And, you know, based on my experience and the conversations that we've had over the weekend, I really did feel differently about that connection with my husband in terms of sexual where I wasn't feeling pressured, but I was also very playful and we had a great weekend, and I was a lot more uh, affectionate, I felt. And I guess we can ask him because he's going to come on the show here in a little bit. But I felt I felt more affectionate. I felt like I was not forcing it in any way. It really came naturally because of whatever I was it, – it's just a mental thing, right? And I just felt very freeing. Like I, I wasn't – you had just said something earlier about that obligatory sex feeling where you you kind of check out in a way. You know, you don't have that feeling, that emotional connection um, that you would get when you're, you know, in a in a space of playfulness and that arousal kind of happens naturally. Um, so I can totally see where you're coming from in that perspective. And again, you know, bringing it all back to the brain, right? And that mental state of mind is is really significant. And and what's funny is, is that I told my, it's so weird, because usually the weekends are our time, you know, to have sex. And I told mm-hmm. my husband, I don't know if it was this morning or last night. And I'm like, we didn't have sex once this weekend. But I actually feel pretty satisfied. Now he probably is going to say something different. But I feel pretty satisfied in my connection with my husband mm-hmm. as opposed to when we've had sex. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious what he says, too. I know he's listening. But because 
it may be more satisfying to him, and let's check with him when he comes on, that he feels your desire for him and more authentically than even having sex. You'll get there. He can have an orgasm with his hand or with you, but like to feel his your desire towards him is really exciting and sexy. And when I work with couples, when that actually gets registered, that's more important than having more sex. Um, but I'll say you have four key ingredients. And what, what I like to do when couples have like a really good weekend or a really good week is go over the ingredients that worked well. It's sort of like remind yourself of these data points, write them down, and let's recreate them. And the data points I hear for you, Kim, are one – you had more playfulness, mm-hmm. which we know is super helpful, right? Like, I don't know if you played poker or not or talked about it, but it sounds <laughs> like you brought your playfulness. Yeah. Two, it sounds like you had friends over. So you have social intimacy, and that can be really fun. Humans thrive in community and connection. So social intimacy really does lubricate us for our partner in a way. Three, you had some emotional intimacy. It sounds like you talked about the podcast. You talked about what you've learned. Like, you, you shared your inner landscape. Yes. And four, which I would say is almost the most important of all four of these, is, and you didn't sort of say it this way, but but so correct me if I'm wrong, you took a lot of personal responsibility for your arousal and your desire, right? You you you, you were more affectionate with him. That's on you. Yeah. You know, you brought up the conversations. That's on you. You know, you looked at him in a different way. You went to him, even though he was talking to the solar guy, you went to him with that intention. That's on you. You took responsibility for your desire and arousal, and you pinged it at him, which feels empowering. Yes. Right? When we take responsibility for our arousal, we feel empowered, and it's actually just more contagious in our own system, right? It just manifests more than going, I'm kind of dead. I hope my partner does foreplay for me nicely, but I'm just going to lay here and hope that that happens well. Versus like, no, I'm going to take the reins and take responsibility for my arousal, and it feels empowering and sexy. Yeah. And and I don't think I would have been in that position of I think I would have, you know, woke up this morning with that guilt of, oh, I wonder, you know, if he's, you know, feeling a little neglected because I didn't, you know, get into that place where we have sex on the weekends, you know, and, and I didn't I didn't feel that way because I felt that there was a a bigger connection between us. Um, that didn't really require sex, although my intention was to have sex. You know, I was there. It just, for some reason, it just didn't happen. And it wasn't, I just wasn't thinking about it in that way. I was aroused, but not enough that I, I was really satisfied by the connection. And I really liked the connection that we were having. And so... Like I said, I'm sure he might think differently, but that was kind of where I was at with it. So I don't know. Who knows? There's definitely something there to it. Again, you're listening to Modern Pleasure. Thank you for joining us. I'm with Dr. Jenny Schuyler, who, by the way, is fantastic. I've learned so much. I can't believe um, I told I told George, I go, I feel like I'm getting free sex therapy sessions. And in, in, in all honesty, I am. But um, 
it wasn't intended to be that way. You know, nobody thought, I never thought in a million years that I was going to be the one coming out with this revelation. And I'm, we've still got a lot of episodes to go, so we'll see. But we're definitely going to be bringing in a lot more people to communicate with and and go over, you know, their experiences and their feelings. And it's not going to be all about me, I promise, I promise. But... um I I would like to uh maybe bring in uh George if he's if he's ready. Are you you think you're ready for him? Don't I'm ready discuss, for him. Are you ready for him? All right, let's see. You ready for us? Is he ready for us? Welcome my husband George to the podcast. Hi honey. How are you two doing? You look good. Ah, thanks. So, were you able <laughs> to hear our conversation? Yes, I was. <laughs> Great. So, so George, um, I'm well. Thanks for asking. Yes, Dr. Skyler. Tell me about how you felt this weekend and the connection, but no sex. Yeah. Where did you kind of shake out in the wash with all of that? Um, I felt confused at first because she definitely was a different person when she got done talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just heard the part about her having control and her own pleasure. So it was a little uncomfortable when she came into the house and was acting in a total different way that I'm not used to. So I even asked her, uh, what do I say after that? <laughs> Just to, uh, and she said, don't say anything. So I went, oh, well, that's good to know. So I don't have to make any reactions, but no, but uh, the weekend was great. What? So you said you were confused, you know, how did it land for you? What did she come in saying or doing? Uh, well, when I was with the solar guy and she came in and she and I could tell that she was definitely flirting and I had this gentleman here that I was talking to and <laughs> I was confused there at the beginning because that that is not the norm of my wife, Harley, in general. I mean, maybe when we were younger, that was, you know, because we've been married, what, 19 years now. But now as we get older, you know, things have changed and everyone's on a little different path, I guess, when it comes to that sexually. So. Yeah, so I was uh, su- surprised, uh, excited, definitely, and I was still kind of wondering what the heck is going on. <laughs> it was confusing, <laughs> but in, in, in a good way, not in a bad way. It's just yeah. uh, I haven't seen that from her in a very long time. Well, and I and I have to just um, that, you know I need to insert here because when he said that he didn't know how to respond, um, we've had that conversation before about that, you know a little bit too, uh, I don't want to use the aggressive, but if I give anything, it's like, wow, let's do it. You know, it, it gets very exciting. And we had that conversation about that subtlety, that part that says, just, you know, back off a little bit and give me some space to be feel empowered sexually, right? And so we had had that conversation previously. So when he said, so what do I do? And I said, you don't need to do anything. That's what he meant by that. Gotcha. Good. Yeah. You're giving Kim the space to really feel the fullness of her arousal, of her desire. Let her full on flirt with you. And then if you if you just kind of like flirt a little bit back, but don't don't jump on it, right? Don't just, you know, take her to the bedroom immediately. She gets to let she's wondering now. Oh, I get to flirt even more. I get to feel my energy even more and direct it towards you even more. And so this is part of how we 
recalibrate a mismatched libido, right? She needs the space to feel all that and to take the responsibility to generate it, right? So some of the conversation we had, sort of our sexy, salacious conversation was generate, reminding her of what she finds sexy in you. And then she's like, oh, where, where is he now? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. But I, I feel like, George, over the weekend, did you think that I continued that flirting, that affectionate, you know, way that, you know, did you feel what I was feeling in terms of that connection a little bit um, differently than normal? I felt the love, if that's what you're saying. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, however you want to interpret it. Yeah. yeah I definitely felt that. I definitely saw the flirtiness for sure. Uh, but it, like I said, it was definitely confusing only because I'm not used to that. It was there. There was a definite change this weekend it, in a good way. Most definitely. I just That didn't result in sex, <laughs> which no, is no. so weird, right? But this isn't going to be aired anywhere, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you find yourself, George, not inviting her because you were sort of tentative with her new energy or were you waiting for her? I'm curious about your, it sounds like you guys have sort of a Saturday contract of having sex, which by the way, I'll say is really good for couples when they approach Saturday with intention and sexy energy, not obligation, obviously, because then you, you know, it's sort of like, the reason I like a date on the calendar, I'll say this for mismatched libidos too, because it's really important for both partners to hear this. Having a date on the calendar allows for reliability for both partners. The higher desire partner has the reliability that they're going to have sexual contact. The lower desire partner has the reliability that there are days of the week that we don't have sexual contact. So there's sort of that liberation of like, yeah, well, if I walk around naked, I know it's not going to necessarily, necessarily lead to sex. That said, when the energy does get more kicked up and there's more flirtatiousness and more sort of erotic energy deposits, and I'll talk about that in a, in a moment, um, more spontaneous sex ends up happening because of that, um, because of the space in between. But generally, I like the sex state for the reliability for both partners. Yeah. And I think, you know, for the most part, it worked for us. But like we the conversations that we've had in other episodes where I felt like it was something I had to do. I didn't feel like I mean, I want to please my husband, but it wasn't, you know, and he'd always be like, well, what about you? And I'm like, nah, I don't need it. You know, that was kind of my I'm good. And that didn't make him feel very good. Right. So um so this this little idea of, well, it's the weekend. I know when George wakes up sometimes on a Saturday morning, he's like, it's Saturday morning, you know, and and he and God bless him. He does a great job of flirting with me in terms of, you know, but I, but what I know is it's not for me, it's not just the flirting part. For me, this is going to end up with us having sex. And there isn't that idea of. Uh, mystery, you know, like, is it going to end up with sex or is it not? And I think for me, that is an important element that helps me to feel a little more empowered sexually and sensually for that matter, too, is the not feeling like it has to, it has to end up in sex. Like you said, 
He's he would love for me to walk around the house naked, right, honey? Yes. <laughs> but I know if I take off my clothes, sometimes I almost hurry to put, you know, to not have him see me naked for fear he's going to be like, oh, come over here. Let me squeeze your boobs. You know what I mean? Because that's not what I want. That's what he probably thinks I want, but that's not what I want. I would like to be able to just walk around naked and have him be like, oh, okay, you look hot, and leave it at that and let me walk around naked and feel empowered. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm curious if he squeezes your boobs, do you not like the sensation of that? Or are you worried if he squeezes my boobs, then we must have sex? No, I think it's more like I'm just not in the mood for anybody to squeeze my boobs right now. You know, okay. um, and that's like if I'm changing, changing my clothes or something like that. You know what I mean? How would you like him to touch you? Well, I think that if I'm in the mood or if I'm feeling, you know, sexy or flirty or aroused in any way, then he could, he he touches the way he touches me is great. It's when I'm not in that aroused sense or mood. But I will say that if any of that happened over the weekend, I don't think that I would have that same feeling. I think I have actually uh, had some very clear moments uh, of, you know, what my role in this relationship is on a sexual level um, just in the past few weeks that you and I have talked. And I... I recognize this as that part of me that that is giving myself permission to, you know, feel objectified in that way that you described when we went through that exercise or when we talked uh, a little bit more about what that feels like. And so I, I don't I, I mean... You know, I haven't walked around the house naked or he hasn't walked in on me changing my clothes yet. But I sense that the reaction from me would be a little bit different. Yeah. You also said something really important. I, I'm going to come back to how can he touch you? Because I'm one, I'm sure he's sitting there being like, how do I touch her? George? <laughs> yes, exactly. That. Yes. And, 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 and this is a really important. Me? Is she... <laughs> right. And let me and let me tell you why, because I bet there's a ton of listeners out here who have this the same issue, which is I don't let my husband touch me at all because if I do, then he assumes it's a green light for sex. And so they end up becoming touchless marriages or touchless relationships because of that factor. And what I want to do is open the floodgates for as much touch as possible and a lot of diverse touch, affectionate touch, playful touch, erotic touch, sensual touch, and to really help couples to differentiate those different those different kinds of touches because what you do is if you imagine little piggy banks you know like think about your bank account you have a savings account and a checking account like you're filling these up and you're not necessarily taking withdrawal yet Mm. right you're just filling them up so you feel good so when you do take a withdrawal you're like well that's an easy withdrawal i have plenty of money in my account so with touch and it's a really interesting thing you said kim you're like i don't you know if he touches my breasts and i'm in the mood it's fine But assume that you're not usually going to be in the mood because we don't walk around in the mood. And this is a huge piece to mismatched libidos that I'm going to speak about in terms of testosterone in a moment. But assume you're not in the mood because how many women say, I want to want, but I can't. 
And and that's like the million dollar question. Flablacerin is, you know, all the pink Viagra kinds of things that have failed don't work because one, um, there's nothing wrong with our libido. So let me just say that that's sort of the, the main thing. Um, but two, you know, there isn't a magic pill that's going to uptick our libido. It's understanding how it works so that we can be our best advocate for it as a team and individually. And so we are, it, Rosemary Bassoon, a wonderful um, sex educator and therapist in the field, researcher, you know, talked about spontaneous desire versus responsive desire. We respond to stimuli, right? We don't spontaneously get aroused. Right? Even, even, even men who have high testosterone, they're responding to something. They're responding to a memory. They're responding to someone walking down the street. They're responding to something they see on the screen. They're responding to lightly, you know, touching their testicles as they're, you know, in the shower, right? They're responding to something. And women are the same. We respond to a stimuli. The stimuli can be flirting. It could be affection, right? It could be a touch. So that's why I say, how can he touch you? Because if he touches you in the right way, right? Now we're working with responsive desire. You might go, oh, I feel myself kind of, that's an electric kind of touch, right? Grabbing the breast or slapping the butt is a very like football locker room type of touch, which <laughs> I'll say that's how we teach boys how to touch each other growing up. Yeah. Right. They don't learn how to do sensual touch. That's not allowed in our society, certainly not in the United States. You'll see it more in European countries where boys do hold hands and hug more than, than they do in the U.S. Oh, interesting. But the U.S. not do that. Mm. And so- so men then come into relationship and don't realize, oh, I got to learn how to do sensual touch to flirt. Like, what is it to come up and kiss the neck and then walk away and be mysterious? Mm-hmm. What is it to kneel on the ear and then walk away and be mysterious? Was it, what is it to be like? I mean, that's why I said this, right? The S of sensual, to sensually touch your breasts or sensually touch your low back. And then walk away, which is different than I'm going to squeeze, right? I get it. I get the like wanting to squeeze luscious parts of the body. Like there's a yumminess to that too. And <laughs> that's a different type of touch than the sensual flirt, right? The sensual I'm coming in, I leave, that's my deposit. And and I leave you wondering, but I've also turned on the responsive desire in your system. You'll be like, oh, George. Where'd you go, George? You just kissed my neck so sensually. And then he disappears. And then he does that for a few more times. And you're like, and he's still not inviting me. Wow. Then you start, your fires get to start to be stoked. That resonates with me really well. I, I like that subtle approach as opposed to, you know, let's all, let's go all in. And I, I it's interesting. Uh, and, you know, maybe George can, can speak to this too, but when it comes to touching, um, like like even this morning, you know, I like to play around with him a little bit. It's fun and he likes it. But then when he comes over and just goes right for it, you know, with fingering me or whatever, it's like it, it's too much. I can't I can't do that. Um, but if he were to just lightly caress my hair or my shoulder or just show me that sensual affection in that way that's a much better response from me for sure than a genital thing yeah and that and george i don't know how you feel on this i usually say this to heterosexual couples we have a really 
different lived experience of our bodies and our sexual response. And so the, the two main distinctions are testosterone and genital speed, if you will. So let me just say something on testosterone, right? Men typically have way more testosterone in their bodies, right? Um, whether it's natural or you infuse it there, you know, there there is a lot more. And so, you know, if you were to do your numbers, my guess is you would probably be somewhere. Do you know your numbers, George? Uh, no. Um, Healthy, I mean, the range of healthy is actually like 300 to 1200. I think 1200, you're going to be like rage <laughs> men, it, that's way too high. You're going to be out of control. And I think 300, though, on the normal spectrum is a little low, um, unless maybe you're in your late 80s. So my desire for men is somewhere, but even these are free testosterone levels, somewhere between 400 to call it seven or 800. You know, some men have higher if they're really, really strong and muscular and they're really working out, their numbers might be higher. Um, I think George is on the upper end of that 700 mark. <laughs> you know. Probably. Yeah. I really Probably. Agree. I mean, why not? Why would I be? <laughs> um, women range from four to 120 with an average. If you take the average of that, put it at like 60. Even if Kim was like just t- pumping her testosterone replacement therapy, you know, in menopause, right? Hypothetically. You know, and you're at 120, 120 versus 700. Just think about that for a moment. Huge difference. So my invitation in that is just to think about these numbers and and, and granted different doctors will say different numbers. So, you know, if you're listening out there and you're like, ah, Jenny's got her numbers wrong. It's about right. And the idea is the differentiation in these numbers because testosterone is the sex drive hormone that makes our arousal accessible. It doesn't mean arousal is elusive for women or lower testosterone people. It just means it takes a little longer for it to kick into gear. We need a lot more stimulation. We need a lot more flirting. We need a lot more to kick it into gear than the accessibility that testosterone allows for. Testosterone is like the gas fireplace. On, good, we're here, let's get moving, right? A lower testosterone number or women are typically the, the wood fireplace. Go chop the wood. Now bring it in. Make the <laughs> Honey, fire. you know how to build a fire. <laughs> right? You know, you got a lot going on there. And then now if we both have a fire going, we both have a fire going. But to get to the level where we both have a fire going, we have to be understanding of the lived experience of our different bodies. And so that's an important piece in terms of cultivating enough foreplay emotionally and sensually before we even get sexual. Right. So that's a key piece. When I say 20 minutes, like really 20 minutes, like the neck, use the neck, use the ears, use the lips, do an inner thigh, come back to the neck. Don't even touch the genitals for 20 minutes. Make the genitals throb and want it and then go there. Now, men are different because the accessibility of of testosterone and arousal men like to jump right to the genitals. That's what they do when they self-pleasure. It's like, oh, grab my lube, go. Or if they have enough foreskin, go. Right. You know, like it's, it's that's an easier go to. And so that's a difference in lived experience when you're, you know, kissing in bed, moving to the genitals more quickly for a man is usually OK than it is for a woman. And so that's the difference in terms of testosterone and genital speed. And, and, and what we end up doing to our partner is what our own body wants. So it's actually thinking about what the other body needs. 
Well, I uh, I'm going to be. I really like to to get George's take on this, and and、uh, I really appreciate you、uh, listening to Modern Pleasure today.、Uh, we've got my husband George on. He's helping to、uh, dissect the mismatched libido conversation here with me and Dr. Skyler. Uh, but I do want to thank our sponsor, Adam and Eve, and、uh, George. You'll appreciate this. Adam and Eve is giving you free stuff if you go to adamandeve.com and you use code word modern. You're going to get fifty percent off on any one item, almost any item. But they're also going to give you three free sexy bonus gifts and six movies, free, 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 if you use the code word modern at checkout. Um, again, that's adamandeve.com. Go find yourself something fun, something pleasurable at a bargain right now, just for listening. Get fifty percent off any one item plus free shipping when you use the code word modern. And I would like to add that Dr. Skyler does do a lot with Adam and Eve, and wondering、um, what, if any. You would recommend in terms of、uh, items that could help stimulate libido, if you will. I mean, is there? I know we like to use toys. It looks like we lost George. We like to use、yeah. toys, but are is our toys、uh, something that you know? Like George, sometimes when I'm not aroused or in the mood. He gets my little bullet out, and that definitely will do it. So, talk a little bit about that, if you will. Because I want to hear what George has to say about everything we just spoke to.、Um, uh, honestly, I love any toy that functions as、mm, let's call it like a threesome modality, right? So. If you have a favorite toy that brings a lot of arousal to you, why not throw that into your foreplay or into whatever type of sex you're having? And so, some people, you know, some people ambiance is really important. So they'll they'll buy certain furniture. Like Adam and Eve sells like a liberator ramp, and that's really comfortable, especially if your body doesn't want just like the bed. And it's not as comfortable that way, you know. Our bodies age, or we have certain abilities or disabilities in our body, and so having furniture, certain ways to sort of prop up the body to be more comfortable,、oh, is really helpful. That is, yeah, it's it's been, and also if you have mismatched heights, right? So that can be really helpful to sort of prop the hips up a little more.、Um, yeah, like you know, it's great to play with furniture that way. You know, I love any toys. I have a lot of people who love the rabbit, and they'll have a fantastic, playful time with their partner. And then maybe the orgasm is a little more elusive, but they'll use the rabbit after sex while the partner is sort of kissing on their breasts or their neck. And then they'll have an you know an orgasm that way, or they'll have another you know maybe they have an orgasm with their partner, but they want like three more with the rabbit. So you know that would be a fun toy to throw into the mix. I'm a fan of throwing anything into the mix that sort of helps facilitate more fun and pleasure. And you know, 
my MO on going shopping is like you would with any sort of pair of shoes. Like what appeals to you? What are you attracted to? <laughs> and it out. And, you know, again, like with a 50% discount and free shipping, you know, yeah, might as well like build out a box. And if you make a mistake and buy a toy that you don't love, oh, well, it was 50% off. Who cares? <laughs> George is shaking his head. Yes. Yeah. I'll take that 50% off plus a lot of fun free yeah. stuff. That's adamandeve.com. Yeah. Code word modern, M-O-D-E-R-N. And grab your free sexy stuff and some movies and that 50% off any one item plus free shipping. Um, I was telling Dr. Skyler, George, uh, Georgia skipped off a little bit for a minute, but that we do like to use uh, toys in the bedroom. George loves them. And I know a lot of men are not exactly thrilled with toys in the bedroom for whatever reason. But my husband likes him, and thank goodness he does, because he just wants me to be pleasured in any way, shape, or form, even if it doesn't come directly from him. (laughs) I'm a lucky girl. (laughs) But it's him using it with you, even though this... Look, you can have George's fingers, tongue, penis... Or he can facilitate just being present with you and attuned while the rabbit or whatever toy gives you some bullet, gives you sensation, right? You're not going to want a stranger. It's it's not like the toy. It's not like George has to feel inadequate because the sensation is from something else. It's him in the room with you that matters most. Right, right. Yeah. Which I found really odd when I hear other women talk about, oh, yeah, they don't like it when I use when I use a toy, they feel, you know, inadequate or something. I'm like, oh, that's un- that's unfortunate for sure. Missing out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, honey, so, go ahead, Dr. Skyler. Skyler. No, I, I was, I was landed for George and 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 almost follow up. What would make an ideal sex life with Kim? What would that look like for you? Um, what would that look like with me? Like, uh, she, had, she had mentioned earlier. Oh, well, you had mentioned earlier about uh, foreplay and and all that kind of stuff. So, so what do you? So, for example, what do you do when couples are so busy all the time? You know, there's doesn't seem to have that time in advance to make that all kind of work. That's where the sex dates come in, and that's where personal responsibility also comes in. And what I mean by that is, if you have something on the calendar, let's call it. I have a lot of couples who are, you know, very busy, young kids, full-time jobs, you know, and they'll find a time on the calendar that it works because maybe their kids are at the park with a babysitter or their kids are at school or, you know, their kids are in bed. And, you know, let's say it's eight o'clock on a Thursday night, hypothetically. At seven o'clock, what are you doing to get yourself in the mindset? Are you still on your screen doing your work or are you trying to close down? Are you playing music that you like that sort of gets you in the mood? Are you taking a bath or going for a walk and clearing your head? You know, what are you, how are you approaching that scene? Are you listening to some erotica or reading it and kind of going, hmm, I'm getting my juices flowing or just fantasizing, right? So how do you approach eight o'clock with intention? How do you take responsibility for approaching eight o'clock with intention? And, you know, what do you want to put on that makes you feel comfortable and confident in you? Right. You know, and and maybe that's a dress and maybe that's a suit and maybe that's a towel and whatever it is. Maybe that's nothing. You know, you play a game like this, this 
poker thing that you guys do is awesome. You know, do you at eight o'clock do you play poker for a little while just to kind of get your mindset <laughs> and your playfulness there? We've done that forever. I know. You get so busy in life, and then all of a sudden, with there's busyness, I mean, things, I mean, foreplay, I absolutely love, but it just seems like in our life, it's just our life is so busy that that kind of gets out of the way and moves on, and then we're out of there. But, George, I also think that you're, in, in my opinion, I think your definition of foreplay is different than my definition of foreplay. Foreplay, guys, is in my book, is not just. 8 to 8.20 on your sex date night. <laughs> it's really important. That counts. That yeah. matters. But foreplay are all the micro moments through the week that you put the deposits into those bank accounts, those little piggy banks, right? It's it's every sing- single time you pass her and you kiss her neck and you keep walking. And same, Kim. It's every time you pass him and, you know, rub his butt a little bit or take his goatee and, and give him a quick kiss and you keep moving, right? Those are the micro moments of like, I see you. I desire you, and now I'm going to keep moving. Mm. It's also all the micro moments of emotional intimacy. How's your heart today? Right? How, when do we connect with each other? If you're if you're not emotionally connecting through the week, eight o'clock on whatever night is your sex date is not going to work because you're not attuned to each other. Your hearts are living parallel lifestyles, and you don't know what's happening in the other person's world. So having an emotional connection through the week is foreplay. Yes, I agree, and I think. That's kind of what was going on this weekend, George. I don't. I mean, you experienced something different with me. That I think, in my book, is actually foreplay. You know, that could have easily transitioned into sex that we didn't have. <laughs> you might have. Wait a minute. What are you guys doing in twenty minutes when you're done the podcast? <laughs> right. I know. I mean, it's true. But 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 I just want to recognize that I mean I'm recognizing it. I just want I'm hoping and I think you do too, but you can see where just in those few days of having that uh a little bit more affectionate, a little bit more flirting, a little bit more touching, a little bit more talking could have really enhanced the actual uh sex that we have. You know, I think it would have been a deeper connection on both levels, you know, outside of the bedroom and inside of the bedroom, if you will. Do you see that? Do you, can you visit? Yes, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yes. Well, that's important. Good. I'm glad you can. <laughs> what you guys did not articulate, even though you, you, you put a lot of deposits into that emotional piggy bank and that playful piggy bank and in that, you know, sensual piggy bank. And even though you haven't cashed out yet, what you did do is use a rain check. And I and I really support the rain check for couples because if one or the other is not in a place to make sexual contact, again, if you force it, it's inauthentic and, and feels obligatory. And, and neither person wants that. But the rain check is, okay, well, maybe what we have is is time to cuddle instead and, and you know, we'll follow up with each other another time. And the rain check is powerful because it still communicates connection and still communicates I desire you. And you asked about busy lives, George. You're busy sometimes. It doesn't, it doesn't always land well for each other. So again, I'm less interested in frequency and more in the connection and able to navigate the moments between sexual contact so that neither person is feeling empty, rejected, or disconnected. 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. I mean, I I can really sense that moving forward, I think it'll be interesting to see how all of this stuff that I'm learning and that hopefully George is on the receiving end of translates into sex in the bedroom, you know, um, how I'm wondering if at all, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be different for me um, and for him too, because I think that connection, listen, I know there were times in the beginning of our relationship and even throughout our relationship that we would have sex and go, wow, that was really amazing. And it, and mostly it was because I was in it just as much as he was, you know, as opposed to just, you know, having sex. And so I'm, I, this is where I want to get back to. I want to get back. If we're going to have sex, damn it. I want it to be worth every minute. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't yeah, I don't want to waste my energy just having sex. I want to have that connection too. And I can see where, you know, this is going to change for us in in the bedroom if if we can continue down this path and be a little bit more mindful and thoughtful about the, you know, five days of foreplay. I love that. I love that five days of foreplay thing, honey. I think we should just put that on the calendar five days of foreplay <laughs> that lead to Saturday morning <laughs> or maybe even sooner who knows it I mean it does it does create some more spontaneous energy you know when you have that George I'm curious to ask the question I didn't want to leave the listeners without a response what would and just so also so Kim can hear what would, you know, I don't know what you would rate your sex life at, and maybe that feels too vulnerable to give it a one to 10 rating, but what would be a notch higher? Like what could change? What can you take responsibility to change? What kind of requests could you off- ask him for to make your sex life even better? What would change for me? Like what, what would I want or what? Yeah. What, what kind of change could you guys co-create hmm. to make it even better? Hmm. That's a good question. Oh, come on. There's got to be at least one thing. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. In the absence of an answer, my guess is that you don't actually struggle with your mismatched libidos then. Kim keeps saying she's the lower libido. She does have a lower libido. Yes, there's no doubt about that. Do you struggle with the mismatch or do you still feel love and desire and it works fine for you? Uh, I, I struggle a little bit. I will say this weekend, I felt really loved without having sex. I felt that uh, there was a huge difference. I mean, uh, with my wife, we were, I, I think something that kind of got my attention is we were sitting down uh, in the backyard and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, my wife goes, I wonder if we can do it on this. And I'm looking at her like, <laughs> Who, who, who? Now, in my head, I'm saying, who are you, right? But outside, I'm thinking, what do I do? What do I say? Where do I go with this? You know? <laughs> yeah, we have these rockers on the deck, and I'm like, or or no, they were the they were the poof things. It's not really what it is. It's yeah, more just of the fact that I actually said that I'm actually thinking that. 
<laughs> yeah, say that out loud was like, wow, she really is helping us. <laughs> Glad to hear. I think if I, you know, I'm going to speak for my husband because I, I'm pretty sure I know him fairly well. I think George would like to have like, okay, I, George, forgive me, but I did, yeah. I did. I know, I know, right? I did uh, tell Dr. Schuyler about the fact that you keep putting that a Kama Sutra book on my pillow or on my nightstand <laughs> open to certain positions that I know I can't get into anymore. Um, and so I think I always felt like George's idea of sex was supposed to be this, you know, crazy position or something that I just wasn't comfortable with, you know. So I feel like if there was anything missing for him, it would be a little bit more adventure in terms of positions, uh, more oral sex. Um, I think I think that and in, in I think that is what is missing for him. I, am I right, honey? Uh, yes, that's about right. Okay. Yeah. See. So you might do well making a purchase of some furniture then because it could help with certain positions. <laughs> the liberator rib could help bolster your hips, hips up a little higher, which means, I don't know, like, you know, there's a Kama Sutra position with your legs open straight up in the air. I, you know, if I did a leg workout that day, forget about it. That's not happening. Yeah. But if my <laughs> hips are elevated enough, I could drape them over my husband's shoulders and then I'm like, okay, that's less effort on my – <laughs> yeah. Right. You could, you could play with that a little bit. Um, I find, I don't know if you guys have sex with a full length mirror in your room, but full length mirrors are super fun, especially like if you're doing doggy style, right? Then, George, you can see, you can make eye contact with Aww. Kim in the mirror. Kim, you get to look at his chest, right? As he's holding your hips from behind. That's kind of a sexy way to do a traditional position. I don't know if doggy style is traditional for you guys or not, but a more generic position with like an exotic or erotic touch to it. We have mirrors. <laughs> we have mirrors. He's like, we have mirrors. Look at, he's not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did find out that our bed is is the right height. Oh, good. Yeah, we and didn't have that kind she comes in and she goes, oh, yeah, our bed is the right height. I'm going, what? Right <laughs> so height for what? Exactly. It's important, I hear. That's right. what I was told. Yeah, if you've, some people like that sort of Japanese low bed thing, but that's hard for somebody to stand and play with the other partner because they usually have to kind of squat down. And if it's too tall of a bed for somebody short like me, then it's too tall of a bed. You know, I got to. <laughs> bed height is important. more important than the mattress. Depends <laughs> on your priorities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, honey, I really appreciate you being vulnerable with us today and and coming on. I know after our conversation on uh, last week when I had to you know reveal the conversation that Dr. Skyler and I had, um, knowing that other people were going to be listening to this. It was he. He literally looked at me and went, "Oh man, you've got to be kidding!" And I'm like, "Sorry, it had to be done." And so the fact that you're such a good sport about this, I really do appreciate, and I appreciate you coming on too. And I love you so much, and thank you, and 
you know, let's check in with me in about 20 and minutes. Then, <laughs> how many how many deposits into some emotional piggy bank does he get showing up? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I'm going to have to put quite a few in there. We'll fill it up. <laughs> any? Do you yes. have any last questions for Dr. Schuyler before I let I you mean, go? No, it's... it's- it's been interesting. Um, yeah, actually, you know, why don't you just give us your take really quick? You know, what can you sum up your experience today and just let us know? Uh, uh, extremely helpful. So uh, I, you know, when you did the numbers and I'm a number person, it, it totally makes sense. Well, you know, one person's up so high and the other one's down so low and that's just how it is. And so it just makes it. Um, In terms of the testosterone, you mean? Correct. Easier yeah. to understand for sure. It just, it, it, it lands. Then you, you have a lot more compassion and empathy for the other person's lived experience. And same, Kim, right? When you're like, oh my gosh, he's always so horny or such a high sex drive. Well, he's got huge numbers going on in him, especially being, you know. It's not my God. fault. I mean, it's not my fault. <laughs> and it's not your fault either. <laughs> but it does help us understand the other person's lived experience you can be like Most okay definitely I, I will say with males because i know females like to talk and they talk to each other i've never been in a group of men that have said hey you know what were you doing last night or how was that or you know we just don't we just don't do that stuff at least that i know of yeah women do like to talk <laughs> Yes, they do. <laughs> Although during our dinner party over the weekend, some of the guys were talking too. You know, so. some of the guys were definitely listening. They weren't saying a word, but man, they were definitely l- listening to what because everybody has problems. And so I think if this helps somebody, I think it's perfect. That's yeah. Why. All right. I think all humans like to talk when given the permission to do so. That's yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Although my husband was like, "I didn't give you permission to say that." <laughs> true <laughs> all right honey i'm gonna let you go thank you so much and i'll well, uh, thanks for having me thanks, thanks for being, for being here bye-bye well that was interesting mm-hmm. how and was that, that for you uh i was a little bit nervous at first you know uh and i think and i know he was but i was really nervous at first and then I settled into the conversation just fine, I think. I think we did. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know if I want to make a habit out of it. But, um, you know, it's it was good. Oh, boy. Okay, so really quickly, because I know our time is about up, but uh, excited about next uh, episode. Um, we're going to bring in uh, Savannah as a guest when we talk about permission for pleasure. And Savannah is going to be filling us in on some fun toys, which, by the way, you can get from Adam and Eve right now, just for listening. You can get 50% off almost any one item at adamandeve.com. Who doesn't love free stuff? Free stuff is awesome because if you go on to adamandeve.com right now and use code MODERN at checkout, you're not only going to get 50% off any one item, but you're going to get three sexy items and six free spicy movies and free shipping as well. So make sure you head over to adamandeve.com, use code word MODERN at checkout. And next episode would probably be a really good one 
uh, to use uh, that code word on because we're going to have some fun talking about some really fun products. But more importantly, and I have to admit that I think the one word that I have used more than anything when talking about this podcast to anybody who cares to listen, my friends or whoever, was that per- I gave myself permission to feel this way and and it was so freeing. So I'm assuming that that conversation, if you want to just give us a little tease, Dr. Skyler, into what we might be learning next episode. Yeah. I mean, permission for pleasure is, gosh, I think it's it's summed up in that first episode when we talked, Kim, that pleasure is your birthright. And what we end up doing with social, religious, or family of origin messages is we go, my arousal is dangerous, or my desire is dangerous, or arousal can get too out of control, or my arousal means that I'm a bad girl or a bad boy or I'm a slut or I'm a player and then we pool all these terms and our sexuality into this sort of demeaning box and kind of keep it locked down tight mm-hmm. versus saying I'm allowed to bask in my pleasure my pleasure is my birthright and when I do so I feel empowered in my sexuality and it feels really good and it feels really life-giving actually and it doesn't have to be dangerous, right? Pleasure is not dangerous the way, you know, a lot of religions oftentimes tell us it is and Mm, and sort mm -hmm. of then society says it is. Um, The narrative. The narrative. The narrative (laughs) says it's dangerous versus like not dangerous, actually pretty life-giving. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we are definitely going to get into that conversation uh, next episode. So make sure that you join us. Thank you so much, Dr. Skyler for being here and don't forget adamandeve.com use code word modern get 50% off any one item and find something that's gonna put a little bit more pleasure into your life with 50% off free shipping and some other free stuff we will see you next time on modern pleasure